Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to Is This Music Live um, here at Studio Z. Behind where I'm pointing is like all of 113 kind of looking at me like, is this how things usually start? Um, <laughs> and it is. If you've listened to the podcast before, this is exactly how it starts every time. I am joined by two members of the Phonema Consort. Uh, we have Nina Dante and Dahlia Chin. Welcome. Thank you very much for taking time in your very busy rehearsal day <laughs> today. I saw the rest of the schedule and you have a lot of stuff to cover. Um, but there are concerts happening this weekend at Studio Z um, on Saturday, uh, that's the 28th, March 28th, and Sunday, March 29th, that's 7 p.m. and is it 2 p.m.? Yeah, 7 p.m. and 2 p.m. Studio Z in St. Paul. Um, so that's enough of me talking. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having us, you and all of 113. We're so excited. Um, we just adore 113's truly passionate vision, and it's always such a joy to work with this group. So we're so happy to be back. And um, I'm so happy to get to speak to you again, because you interviewed me last summer, I believe. And that yeah. was such a lovely conversation. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was a blast. That was, I think that, that was the official kickoff for the, whole, for the whole podcast, which was great. So you've been, um, just like as a... As an update, I guess, you've been like making all sorts of like, I mean, I don't know, like herb teas and yeah. folk tunes and dead songs and everything. Yeah. Um, so can you, yeah, can you talk about that project that's popped up? Yes, absolutely. My my newest personal project, this doesn't have to do any with Phonema, but uh, is a project that I'm calling The Snake Said to the River. And uh, a couple of years ago, at the beginning of the pandemic, I moved to the Pacific Northwest and just fell in love with the landscape. And I, I found my entire life beginning to revolve around the landscape. And actually, I was saying this morning, I, I just heard a beautiful quote of Dante Alighieri that really describes for me what is behind that project. And it's, Amor mi mosse, que mi fa parlare. So love so moves me that it compels me to speak. So that project, it's um, beautiful old folk songs, old medieval songs, um, sharing uh, foraging tips from the outdoors, talking about plant identification, everything that matters to me, storytelling and things like that. So that's what I've been doing recently. That's great. So it's kind of almost like it's like a... I don't know, it's, a, it's like a, it's a give back, but it's a sharing of like the thing that's just around you all the time. Yes, this you like know? huge love of, of world and creation. It's, yeah, I want those salads that you've made. I'm going up to Ely and doing some hikes this weekend. Oh. So I actually, I, it's been on my mind that I think maybe... You need a wild I'll, salad. I need a wild salad. You do. I need a wild we salad. all need a wild salad. <laughs> actually, Dahlia and I, we were playing a gig in Chicago with Fonema last month. And all of the uh, magnolia were blooming, so mm. we tried magnolia flower for the first time, and it was divine. It tasted like ginger. Yeah, Nina got me into picking one out of the floor. Yes. And eating it. <laughs> <laughs> she was very brave, very bold. Like, is, it was that like in the middle of Chicago? Yeah, well, it was in some, it was at the University of Chicago. Okay. So, so it was a tree alone on a flowering forager. green. We figured it couldn't. Mm. It couldn't hurt. It wasn't in the middle of like a freeway or something. Before the <laughs> rehearsal. Yeah. Pull over, pull over. It's just something. Yeah. Luckily, we were fine. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. We waited the 20 minute safety. Yes. And the rehearsal. Yeah. So, Dalia, uh, we haven't talked before, before today. Um, so, you know, 
you can go back and to Nina's episode and get all sorts of details about like her thoughts on complexity. But I'd like to hear a little bit about your thoughts about what you know. I always like to frame it is is like what what is what's your place in creating experimental or complex sounds, art, work, whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to. Oh my gosh, yeah, talking to that is just like. Yeah, talking about my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to me, like creating, getting immersed into this because every project I take, I just feel myself immersed in that. Like I have to live and breathe what what I'm doing in, in order to really get myself like, you know, believing in that and, and giving it justice for sure. To me, it's just kind of like zooming in closely and just dissecting a sound like you know it's like going under a microscope and be like yeah this is a sound the other aspect of it that I love about um, I mean complexity composition itself like collaboration itself it's just that to me it's not just okay a person is grabbing technicalities out of theory music theory about like okay how to you know craft something it's about like a lot of it's a world itself. It's, it's a philosophy almost, like a, you know, a, th- a philosophy like a thesis or something that you're putting in there, like in a, in a work, right? It's the work of, of how it is to, you know, um, immerse yourself in the work of a composer. It's just like almost reading what that composer has to say about something, right? Like a philosophy of sound, mm. a philosophy of a thought, like how to craft all those things, right? It's, it's, it's beyond like just okay, I'm grabbing here this, I'm figuring out this now. It's about like, okay, what, what's behind all this? So it's just zooming in, basically. Yeah. Like, to me, it's just that. Like, getting really deep of what it means to just dissect one sound and getting the patience of, you know, for myself, for others to, okay, how, how to listen to this, how to see this, how to, you know, feel this. It's just multi-sensory yeah. to those. Like, so that to me is like all these, complexity music well there's something there's something that happens when you i mean with anything I mean, you're talking about intangible things but like this you know very nice feeling tablecloth uh if we, we called it together, <laughs> yeah very nice it's very nice thanks 113 yeah. um you know but if we were to like zoom in and zoom in and zoom in like this is such a solid thing but at some point there's going to be space in the cracks right there's like there's space between the things that make up this you know this thing you know I, I often think about like with the voice you know something that stuck with me from like you know undergrad was the description of one single layer of the you know the tissues that make up the vocal cords being strands of cotton floating in gelatin oh, la. right like <laughs> and so I'm like well that's what's happening here strands yeah. of cotton are making this you know. And, but there's so much space in that, you know, it's this free floating, you know, nebulous thing, you know, and when you listen to complex music and experimental music, I think the, you know, the gut reaction is that it's just, you know, solid sound. You know, what you're saying, it makes me think, uh, on these shows, we're playing a beautiful piece of Pablo Chin's called After Pehuajo. And this actually reminds me of something that he told me about a solo violin piece that he wrote, um, The Journeys of the Gran Pajarofeo. 
and he was saying that he was trying to make anti-bird sounds. So like the sounds that happen in, in the, the negative space of the bird, you know. So not its calls, but rather like incidental sounds, the clack of its beak, the movement of its feet, uh, the sound of the air around its wings as it flies. And that just sort of reminded me of what you were saying about the space in between things that uh, complex music often explores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which then becomes, I mean, literally what this whole thing is about is an entry point, right? You need mm-hmm. space, you need... Um, whether that is physical or sonic space, to, to actually start to grasp what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that a lot. So, so speaking of pieces that you're doing on the concerts this weekend, um, I think we got two tracks queued up um, that we can talk about. Um, I don't know what those tracks are. I haven't heard <laughs> these tracks before. So, but you do. Yeah, we can tell you all about yeah, them. Yeah, let's try oh, that. Yes, yes. It has been so ingrained. This repertoire has been very ingrained. One yes. of them is actually like one of our first pieces for the ensemble for Fonema concert. Like it's, it's uh, Solos Real, La Niebla. Uh, I for... think it's the first piece that you and I played together. Oh, yes, me. exactly. So this goes way back. <laughs> how, how, like, when would that be? Oh my gosh, like 11? 2011. 2011, yeah. yeah. So yeah, 11 years already. Nice. So, and it was yes. actually after um, the first time that we played this piece, we played it on Pablo Chin's doctoral recital. And it was after that that uh, we founded Fonema. We were so excited and had such a beautiful time. It was an time. inspirational yeah, point, yes, for, for us and the birth of Fonema in a way, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this piece is, is yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit more different like from from the ones that Pablo has done so, so far, but I think one of the quotes that I've heard from another composer is like, Pablo is a fantastic phrasing composer. Yeah. His phrases are just fantastic and this piece reflects a lot of that like this musicality and the other piece you if you want to talk about it like the basalto oh yeah the second piece is a piece by juan campo verde called basalto uh, which this is a duo for voice and flute and there's also an electronic track in the background and uh juan is from ecuador which uh as we know is the home of the galapagos islands which are made up of volcanic rock called basalt or in spanish basalto um, so it's beautiful, dark rock um, jutting out of the ocean. And uh, in this piece, I feel it rather as like a song of, of um, honor to the islands themselves. We just reiterate the word basalto over and over. Rock, 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 basalt. Um, and as we know, the Galapagos Islands are in danger because of human contact and global warming and all of these things that we know so much about. So I think these these songs intoning the name of the rock and uh, honoring the islands are really just so important. Yeah, some of the tracks also has like some whale-like Oh, sounds. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Beautiful. Yeah, so this like, it's a multi-track, it's four channels. So it's like basically when we perform that and we have performing venues that are able to, you know, locate the four channels and it's just like involving like it's just revolving into all this it's like a bubble being in, inside sea yeah, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. well maybe yeah so maybe we could hear a bit of solo es real la niebla pablo's piece and then yeah. we can talk more about it there's so much to say charlie <laughs> i told him i would say his name that's it
the bat, like it's like the, the flute and the voice. Yes. Yeah, there's so much echoing in here. And what's interesting actually is that this is based on an Octavio Paz poem. Um, <laughs> And in the poem, he's talking about his footsteps resounding against the cobblestones of the city, walking along, being in this sort of fog. So the echoes happening between the voice and the flute, the saxophone and the flute, all these, you know, sounds weaving together. It is painting the story of the poem and this feeling of moving through this, this fog in the city. Um, and that's something that all of Pablo's music is is really characterized by storytelling. His pieces are often based off of um, old film or or old uh, mythology and tales and uh, the stories of his own mind. So um, yeah, that's quite representative of, of his aesthetic. Can we, we pick the track up from where, where we are? Is that is that possible? I don't know what's possible. Um, <laughs> this is a blanket statement. That's great. So how does the text kind of come in? Is, is, are you actually doing the text or is this kind of a... Yeah, so here you hear me and Pasos is coming up, my steps. Mm -hmm. Lots of steps Lots scurrying of steps. through the streets. So beautiful. More mis Pasos. So, uh, okay, yeah, so, but it's, yeah. it's so... Stretched out, yeah. that space, yeah. The poem is like woven as part of the music, which is so mm -hmm. beautiful. It's not a straight intonation of the poem, but it's one with the music. Dahlia, what's, what's, your, what's, what's your kind of relationship to the text when you're doing something like this? Well, as, as a matter of fact, like one of the greatest things that we have been working so much through the years as Phonema is just these relationships, this branching out from voice. Mm -hmm. And flute is actually very close to how voca uh, how sopranos, how voice works, right? Like because mm -hmm. we have similar systems, and the fact that I don't have a mouthpiece, but everything is so external. For me, it's not unfamiliar to use my voice itself, mm -hmm. like vocalizing. Um, while while playing and using a lot of the consonant percussiveness yeah, of the yeah. instrument, so it's it, that's a huge relationship. Like I mean, there is a reason why we it's so easy to collaborate, mm -hmm. you know, as a duet as well. And well, your, your tones are so similar, actually. We know yes. each other really well. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Our like my mirror self. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. We have musically, we've worked together so much and for so many years, so it's just so easy to melt into each other's sounds. It's really exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's just that branching, as I said, it's just this branching mm -hmm. out. It's, it's so not unfamiliar, you know. It's like finding yourself in the, in these shoes of another instrumentalist and, and finding yourself like, okay, I can blend to these. I can, mm -hmm. I can function as, you know, as as words as well as, yeah. as sound. Yeah. But it's so, Dahlia is actually a really awesome singer. She has such a cool voice. So does Emily, our, our clarinetist. She has such a beautiful voice. But, uh, um, but they both use their voices a lot in phonema repertoire. And actually, mm -hmm. the, the second piece that we're going to play, Basalto of Juan Campo Verde, Dahlia is speaking and singing the whole mm -hmm. way through. She's also intoning the word basalto and singing Great. and using her breath uh, almost the same as, as me. Great. So very talented. Let's let's maybe hear a little like just 30 more seconds or oh no it's off never mind. <laughs> Is it off? Is it on? It's still going. 
Let's immerse ourselves for a moment. She needed a moment of silence. So we can go on to go on to Basalto a little bit. So we know a little bit of what what to. Um, oh, first of all, also um, like Pablo, good on you. That's a that's a pretty neat piece. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> it's a beautiful piece. I see. I, I, the phrasing makes it. It's that's that's some beautiful phrasing. And, and you're, you're a singer, so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. Pablo, I'm a singer. <laughs> He's a singer. But uh, but no that that the phrasing and that that is something I think that's that's a um, that's a difficult area you know for people um, who might be familiar with classical music in general um, you know to to get into is that it's it, often the often the, the idea of phrases are um, much more ambiguous mm-hmm. than we're used to um, either they're they're gigantic I mean Tiffany's here I mean I just. Some of those <laughs> phrases are re- like page long phrases, you know, oh, at yeah. like, you know, 20 beats a second, you know. So it's like, where, where is that? But, but it's there. Yes. And it, it always is there because that's a, that's a, that's a fundamental part of the form of music, right? Um, I mean, that can last 30 minutes if you want it to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it can last, it can last, you know, two seconds. It can last a second, but, but it's, it's a fundamental part of, of, of the construction of it. That, like, is is wild but beautiful, but also you know that you get you get a sense of that familiar structure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's something for everyone. I think is the point I'm making there. But um, but let's go on to basalto. So we're we're listening for rocks here. Yes. And the beauty of rocks, the uh, celebration of of the uh, of basalt. Our friend, uh, Sean Lucas, who's a friend of the ensemble, he's a wonderful artist and woodworker, but he calls stone the memory keeper of the world, which is such a beautiful thought. I think about that during this piece. Get that articulation, yes. the uh, yeah, exactly yeah. the vocalizations of mm-hmm. the yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that, that's really neat. Well, it's so angular, which is you know that type of rock, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like very so young many, rock. Yeah, and yeah. so many edges and grains. That's uh, it's something that popped in my head at the yeah. beginning. We were talking about zooming in and everything like that. Um, that's like what is that a Roland Barthes thing? The grain of the voice. You know, mm-hmm. or the grain of music. Um, that's that just popped in my head. It's popped in my head again with this. 
That's a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about Juan's music that is very topographical. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he's, some of his uh, pieces actually have to do with topography and cartography and things like that. He has some pieces for, uh, a piece for solo guitar that's, um, uh, I think it's called Topografias. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and a movement of a beautiful piece he wrote for Fonemas de la Cartografía. Cartografía. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so his I when I think of his music, I think a lot of the breathing living landscape. He mm. writes, he really weaves uh, his his home landscape into his work in such beautiful and profound ways. I really appreciate that about him. Yeah, there is a lot of fragility about like there is so much like, you know, just just like um very how do you say this like you know when gold is like this sparkliness but yeah. you know but it's still like rough enough that you can feel that yeah you know, like yeah texture well and no yeah. there are no straight lines in his music no. it's all curved it's all yeah. swaying all moving all undulating it's a lot like of nature. ephemeral like, yes. ideas yes yeah. yes a lot of like he has a lot of resting points into it to you know with good reason because it's a lot of information and then it dissipates so it's, it's yes. a lot of that like okay here is this it dissipates and it goes back and dissipates so mm -hmm. it's a lot of that in mm -hmm. his music yeah it really breathes yeah. and that's so beautiful as a performer to feel like you're part of a living breathing piece it gives you the space that you need to uh, express what you need to express mm -hmm. through the music it's very beautiful such an interesting style well which, which is necessary with, with what we talk about high complexity it's like a lot of this is a lot of information right yeah. like mm -hmm. I mean it's not that um, I, I always feel like you know any music honestly is complex like anything sound like you know yeah. it has complexity in itself but you know if you're throwing like so many sounds in one you're zooming in so much like you need to breathe you need to let people you know especially as a performer you need to learn yourself how to breathe on that so you can tell your audience like, okay, this is this is a way yeah. of, of feeling it. This is a way in which you can, you know, absorb this much information. Yeah. Well for, for the sounds to have meaning for the audience, they certainly have to have meaning for the performer. And one needs a little space and time to imbue sound with meaning. So And what a what a, a common you know what a, what a common thing with, with you know with uh yeah, with complex music, harsh music, anything like that, harsh noises, where you know we just we rush to kind of get through it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine, Rodolfo, uh, Rodolfo Nieto, uh, uh, he uh, <laughs> he taught me very simply how to get through those those kind of things because he, he loves, I mean, just like the kind of walls and everything. And he was showing me something. I was like, and he just saw my face. I'm like, cool man. <laughs> Glad you're sharing, you know, and he just goes, wait for it. And I'm like, okay. Oh like after like two minutes, it gets there, got there, got there, and then it ended. And the feeling that was yeah. just like inside me, I was like, oh, oh, like that's why I wanted to turn, but like it, 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 it didn't complete, you know, if I would have turned it off when I like, you know, when my body was going, okay, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, it would have been um, pointless. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. Well, it's interesting with, with harsh music too. I think sometimes it can be used 
in a rather cheap way and that always makes me angry like mm. someone wants to make something that makes people feel things so they're like i'm just going to stretch up stress everybody out yeah, yeah. And, but you when you've left you feel that something gratuitous has happened to you it didn't happen for a reason but there is nothing like a piece that uses that sort of stress technique in a profound way mm -hmm. um, and i think it's actually very hard to do and it's done more often than it's done well or in a meaningful way yeah, but no, when it yeah. is you really it really becomes something personal mm -hmm. and and revelatory so mm -hmm. it is always so nice to come across pieces that use that technique in a way that makes you feel like you've learned something yes it's beautiful yes yes yeah. and that that concept of breath of you know that it's such a conscious thing in so much of music and in the, in the composition of, of so much music where where Where's the performer breathing? Where's the audience breathing? Mm -hmm. And those two things are, are, I think, very rarely connect, you know, at <laughs> yeah. the same time, you know. Um, so that's interesting. We, let's, let's turn this up a little bit. should have said before, I said Charlie before, but Caden! I should have said Caden. Caden. <laughs> he's actually uh, controlling the music, so thank you. Um, <laughs> so uh, before we kind of wrap up, I just want to, um, you know, address the, uh, probably the most, I mean, you two are important right now, but now. even right now, <laughs> this moment, right? And but for all eternity. You're a part, and for all eternity. <laughs> but you're a part of the whole this weekend, right? Let's talk about yes. Phonema. Um, some of the other members that are here this this weekend, some of them are in this room. Um, you know, so just a, a little bit, it's a consort, and yes. I don't know what consort means. I'm, I'm not going to, I just kind of look at consort, and I always go, yeah, I know what that means, but I don't. Like, I don't. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you the exact definition of Great. consort. So a consort, it's a relatively older term used to describe ensemble. So it just simply means a group of instrumentalists and singers playing together. That's a consort. And that exactly describes phonema. And it was a little bit fancy. So we went for consort. Um, and phonema, of course, is the Spanish word for phoneme, which is a bit of a nod toward vocal music, which uh, speech, story, voice, all of these things are really central to the identity of our ensemble. As well as we also chose the Spanish word because we do a lot of work by Latin American composers. So we wanted to uh, have a nod to that as well in our title. That's great. Yeah. Well, I was into like a, phone, a consort of phonemes. <laughs> Is a word, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's that's kind of an interesting thing too. So so t tell me uh, just a little bit, you know, give me a rundown of, of maybe some of the other members who's. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, like, well, definitely is the center of voice. So of course, like mm -hmm. Nina has been our founder um, and run of the ensemble member. Uh, we have um, other vocalists like to uh, this for this concert. We have our lovely Natalie Cola, which is a fantastic soprano, like um, also radicated in Chicago. 
Um, and after that, we have ramifications. That's how I kind of mm -hmm. feel myself. We have ramifications of that vocal kind of center that is phonema. Um, Emily Beisel, like fantastic clarinet player. Um, Ryan Parker is with us, like percussionist. Um, yes, um, we have a guitar player in our ensemble, Sam Rowe. Like he has been uh, also a core ensemble. We, we do a lot of repertoire that includes guitar. However, in, this weekend we have another person, remind me, Maya. Maya. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. We're so excited to Joining us. Here. Yes, we are. And as a concert that we are, like, it's always exciting to, you know, have the opportunity to collaborate with so many mm. musicians outside of our core um, instrumentation and our core members. Um, who else we have? We have a noble player, right, joining us as well. Oh, yes, Stuart. Stuart, yes. yes. So oftentimes we have played with oboes, like some of our... Um, bigger pieces like um, Richard Barrett's piece and um, Dylan's piece as well mm -hmm. have contained oboe in them. Um, who else? We have a, a pianist as yes, well. Yes, Shannon, who this is our first time working with her as well. Mm. We're, we're very excited. Yes, and one of uh, 113 own a yes. saxophone player with us, right? Yes. Oh, is it Kyle? Kyle. I think is it Kyle? This guy named Kyle. He wrote all the music <laughs> on the program, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Actually, sure. sole composer of new music. Um, so that's, that's oh, is there a cello though. player too? Um, oh no, we're, one of our regular members is a bassist, Catherine Schulmeister. Oh. Yes, yeah. one of our core members, absolutely yeah. fantastic. I mean, everybody's always fantastic, and every every time that we have <laughs> the opportunity just to to have like a guest in in some way, it's just great. Yeah. Collaboration yeah. is just. Always the best. Well, and we, we all really love each other. We love our group. We, we think that um, laughter and love mm -hmm. is as important as, you know, showing up on time and things like that. So uh, we, we have a lot of fun. We're just so happy to be here. I'm yeah. happy you're here, too. Thank you. Yes. yes. I mean, always working with these difficult repertory. So you, you, you have to have a component of, like, we are all learning on this as yes. well. It's, it's You've got to laugh. That vulnerability <laughs> that comes from, like, uh, yes. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're gonna get in big trouble. <laughs> wow. Yes, we do collaborate. Like we have our own conductor in the ensemble, of course, like David Kubek. Who's <laughs> fantastic? A fabulous He's gonna conductor. join us. He's gonna yeah. join us as well in this in this run. Like sometimes, like we have done things more chambery, you know, more yeah. chamber music related. But when we do works that definitely need um, conducting, like he has been. Just yeah, he's a he's a super old friend, and uh, he he conducts out at Scripps College in California. Great. Yeah. Well, nice to learn about the whole group, and yeah. plus some. Thank you for <laughs> for being here. Um, so again, the shows are uh, this Saturday, March twenty eighth, and Sunday, March 29th. Um, at seven p.m. on Saturday, two p.m. on Sunday at Studio Z in St. Paul. Um, with 113 Composers Collective, and you should come because what else are you going to do? You're going to go outside this weekend? No, not if you're <laughs> listening to this music. No, come on, get down here. Not now. Tomorrow. No. no. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we will do our best to enchant yeah. you. Yes. We're going to start getting ready tomorrow. Yes. To come. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Come. yeah, yeah. Choose your outfit. <laughs> yes, choose your outfit. New music black. No, I'm kidding. Wear colors. <laughs> Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you and take care. Um, I'm going to awkwardly get up and turn off the... <laughs>
thing here. It's just, uh, is, uh, is, this, is this good? Is this music? Is it? Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.